Picking up the pieces of my sweet shattered dream I wonder how the old folks are tonight Her name was Anne and I'll be damned if I recall her face She left me now knowing what to do Carefree highway, let me slip away on you Carefree highway, you've seen better days The morning after blues, from my head down to my shoes Carefree highway, let me slip away, slip away on you Times I love best I wonder if she'll ever do the same Now the thing that I call living Is just being satisfied With knowing I got no one left to blame Carefree highway I got to see you, my old friend Carefree highway You've seen better days The morning after blue Slip away on you Searching through the fragments Of my dream-shattered sleep I wonder if the years Have closed her mind I guess it must be wanderlust Or trying to get free From the good old faithful feeling we once knew Carefree highway, let me slip away on you Carefree highway, you've seen the better days The morning after blues, from my head down to my shoes Carefree highway, let me slip away, slip away on you Slip away on you Every highway Got to see you My old friend Every highway Seen better days The morning after blue From the head down To my shoe Every highway Me slip away Slip away on you That was Carefree Highway by Gordon Lightfoot from 1974, and it's a deeply introspective song about a man who feels he is free or thinks he is free and is prepared to believe that he is free, but he's in fact moving backwards towards the backward, shattered pages of his life in search of something that he lost. And uh, the uh, cast today uh, is entitled Soul Tie, and it relates something quite radical that I've encountered uh, 
recently of the highest importance to me personally, and the uh, note that the highest and deepest importance to the speaker. But um, I want to uh, pass the test, which all preachers, in my opinion, have to pass, of not drawing undue attention to themselves in the contingent or situational aspects of their own life while being completely committed to it because it relates to them totally. In other words, a preacher has to be completely and totally subjectively, passionately, uh, directly concerned with the urgent material he is presenting to others in their pain and in their loss and in their need, while at the same time not drawing attention to the particulars in his own case, which would then be a kind of act of public therapy, which we're not talking about. So I'll try to disguise it while at the same time being as committed as I possibly can. And what had occurred to me, and you've heard me talk about this in the cast before, is that um, is that I find uh, that um, after decades of uh, pastoral care and working with people, and certainly always returning to one's own experience as a kind of touchstone for what one attempts to give others, is that there are certain recurring memories and recurring um, um, indelible um, periods and people and situations in one's life that one cannot seem to shake. Now, there are a lot of things one can shake, and a lot of post-traumatic stress uh, therapies work, but uh, I would be very surprised if there weren't one or two uh, experiences in your life uh, that uh, have proven impossible to shake. Uh, they can come under a million different rubrics, but uh, there is something there. Now, I with men, uh, I don't want to talk about this in terms of gender, but my experience is that uh, for the most part, women are able to live better in the now than men as age time goes on. They're somehow equipped, in my experience, to live a little more readily in the now. Why that is, I don't know, but I, whether they're able to process with friends and, or with um, just talking it out with people and feelings, uh, I see it all the time on the track. I see uh, 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 two women walking together early in the morning uh, talking, obviously, about whatever they're thinking about, and I almost never see men doing it. Now, I, uh, this is just what I observe, and I I know in my own life that men, and I'm one of them, have far fewer men friends with whom they can actually talk about what they're really thinking about than not. And um, so uh, uh, I find it with men especially, this ability to kind of harbor deep-seated memories, feelings, and uh, negative, essentially, uh, losses and sufferings without bringing them out, uh, causing very great um, derivative problems and often suicide and uh, depression of the highest order the older they get because time does not um, does not heal things that haven't been surfaced and uh, whatever the reason is um, there is a uh, an ability that people have and I see it in myself to withhold uh, information about yourself or to keep things to yourself the Jimmy Webb song is called I Keep It Hid and it was actually sung by Linda Ronstadt in its most best version but I think Glenn Campbell did one too in which the most important thing in his life he keeps completely under wraps. And I asked Landy Anderton, whose name, we won't mind my saying his name in this connection, he's a brilliant um, counselor and therapist in uh, Raleigh, Uh, what is it that people, in your experience of decades of nonstop work with people in marriages, do you find this to be true? And he said, oh, absolutely. He said, people keep what they're really thinking about so completely to themselves that there are four or five layers of it. It's not just what you think you don't know, it's what you think you don't know underneath what you think you didn't know 
know, which was even um, there. And when you get down to what's really the backstory is the real deepest feelings that people are sitting on and thinking about in the grocery line and in the car and when they're jogging and when they're sitting alone at night in the bed, unable to sleep. <clears throat> Those things may even based on memories that aren't even true. They don't even know what actually they themselves don't even know what's bothering them. But it, it is very, very deep seated and very chronic and very enduring and very powerful and very, I want to say, denigrating, negative, hurtful, has terrible consequences in terms of human happiness. And so I thought about this, and then uh, I was consulting someone, a person, uh, I've talked to many people about this kind of question over the years, of all sorts, in the human relations professions and uh, in the theological professions and the psychological professions, and uh, I've sought and mined MINED so many uh, sources to find an answer to why is it possible for people to hold on to things compulsively it, with the best of intentions want to let them go and uh, that song by um by uh, uh, i'm in a you know a philly 1970s period by blue magic that group that had some number one hits back in the early early 70s uh, the song um sideshow step right up about seed a man who's been crying for a million years oh my dear i mean um how could it be possible for someone to be held uh, by something in the distant past that has absolutely no present reality in their lives whatsoever but it it seems so um it, it's like you return to it the, the old thing of the dog returning to its vomit but that's not right that's not compassionate that's not empathetic and so you why is it with people that this happens and i see it again and again and it's true in every rock song it's true in gordon lightfoot so much because he's he's trying to move forward on a so-called hippie carefree highway the troubadour highway of freedom and he he's actually going backwards uh, to something that happened long ago and the same with the song that will conclude the cast called if you could read my mind oh my gosh he's he's a man living in a dark castle with chains on his feet he can't move he's a ghost and no one knows that he's a ghost that's alive he's not a ghost ghost he's a, a go- he feels like a ghost even though he's alive because something is so deeply dead within him and so um this uh, any rock song um, you know, it, it has this powerful sense that something is absolutely either or, and you can't get over it. So I go to speak to somebody. I uh, even had consulted a passage in a Gerald Hurd novel called Doppelgangers with a metaphor on this. Look on page 177 of that novel about a searchlight and how a searchlight picks up. You, you don't even know the searchlight is going over a field from the stalag where you've been imprisoned, and yet you, you, all you need, a, a pole just needs to come up out of the ground or a hand an escaping prisoner gets to come up from the ground and when the searchlight hits it in the darkness it's as if that's everything, that pole that hand coming up out of the ground is everything, all the light in the world is on that one thing and that's what I'm going to talk about now because I want to briefly uh, offer you a, a teaching that seems to me to be irreducibly and unarguably uh, true, but I'd never heard it. It comes out of, uh, at least in practice, it comes out of the um, uh, a Pentecostal variant and primarily an African American variant of uh, of the Christian faith. It, 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 and I hear I, all these years, and I've never heard of it. And I was uh, talking about this in relationship to someone. I said, you know, I'd seen this uh, this experience with someone, and I I, I didn't know how to understand uh, something that had this. Power power. 
over a person um, after you know years and years and years when it was late. historically speaking it was gone it was buried and dead historically speaking but it was inward and then this person said oh well I think you're talking about a soul tie T-I-E I said what? a soul tie and I said tell me what you mean well the soul is passing through the world You, everybody, God has given a soul to all of us yes this Paul's all with his psychodynamic reality and his body and his individual history and all that genetics and environment uh, but the eternal part of Paul is uh, that accompanies him from the time he's born to the time he dies is his soul, and his soul is eternal, and his his contingencies and his circumstances are passing away. But the soul is eternal, and the soul is passing through, and it goes from the time of total connection before birth to afterwards the the connection again with God, and that's judgment. And there's many things to say. This is actually a Christian vision, although it has a certain connection with a way of uh, understanding people that is sometimes referred to. Is the false self and the true self. You might say that the soul is that the true self of us that is eternal and part of God and is ultimate, and the false self is our ego and all our egoic, that's the word they use, uh, that we use, um, egoic um, uh, hooks that uh, uh, are uh, differentiated from that which is eternal but are constantly getting us into trouble and we're constantly trying to tweak and change circumstances while not really returning to that which is eternal and unchangeable. That which is God with us, in us, the soul. And this person was saying what happens sometimes is that the soul passing through the body, just like that searchlight that I was talking about with the, from the metaphor from H.F. Hurd, the searchlight sort of passing through the soul, passing through the body, is fooled because a, an experience or a person or a, a loss or a, a very a blinding a, 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 a hook comes out of the contingency of a person's life and the soul bonds with it. The soul sort of sees, oh, that's what I've been looking for, or that that person, or that situation, or that bond, that's lasting. Uh, I'm fooled. It's before death, right? It's in childhood or adolescence or something, or in youth, and it and it it ties itself. The soul ties itself to that particular memory and cannot really move on. You move on through passage of time and your body gets older and you experience life and so forth and so on. A lot of things get buried. But an element of your soul, an element of that which is eternal in you, got parked. It got le parking, that song, by, isn't it called Parking by Jacques Demy? It got parked. Uh, by the way, that's a powerful uh, movie that relates to what we're talking about. Orpheus and Eurydice and sort of hit Parisian, rather dumb dress. Uh, the soul gets parked. And uh, the soul can't really move. And uh, Kipling talks about this. And uh, again, all the love songs. I've been looking for you all my life. All my life. You know, uh, uh, reach out. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. You know, as I said, you're my, you're my everything. And everything is you. Or David Ruffin, you're my everything. You're my everything. You're my everything. You're my everything. Well, uh, sadly, uh, there's a felt uh, truth there. And when the soul is parked, it can't move on. And this causes enormous long-term blockage in development. I've experienced it myself, and I've known many, many who have, and all the music that I love, and Gordon Lightfoot, for example, talks about it, as you're going to see at the end, and you saw at the beginning. Listen to that song again, which was called uh, Carefree Highway, a wonderful, although slightly conflicted, but very true um, sort of stock-taking of a man who wants to be free, but actually isn't. Isn't that true of you? I mean, you want to be free, you want to be free, but are you? And so uh, this person said, well, the thing about you is, she said, um, if you have a, to the generic man, uh, if you have a soul tie, it, it can't, it, 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 the answer is not to welcome it. 
or to abreact it, although that doesn't hurt, to acknowledge it, very important, understand it, absolutely. But the only real answer, it has to be cut. It's a, it's a tie, it's a, it's a tie that has to be cut. And then this person began to talk about the biblical background because she said, well, what this is about is in, in one of the stories in the Old Testament, I think it's either about Tamar or Dinah or Abinadab or Ab, one of those people in the sons of Jacob maybe, or it, it's all in the whole Esau Jacob, I can't tell you the exact, uh, uh, but I know it's there. And a, a man commits a crime with a woman, he sleeps with a woman, but he, he violates her. And I think it's a um, is it the one where she's uh, hiding out or pretending she's a prostitute to get him into trouble whatever it is his soul is knit to her even though the whole thing is dreadful and falsely conceived and deeply um, just malicious and tied up with the, the worst kinds of vengeful stereo, uh, uh, the scenarios and narratives, uh, it's a terrible crime that occurs, as I remember, or something to that effect. A lot of venality, let's just put it that way. It says that, and, then, and, the, and so-and-so's soul was knit to that of... And then, so this, this person said to me, that's what happens. If there's sexual, the sexual bond is involved at an impressionable age, then your soul is knit to that situation or that person. Knit. Oh, gosh. And then um, the person went on to say, uh, well, and in the Bible, Paul says, don't become one, don't sleep with a prostitute, because do you not know that you will become one with her? If you sleep with a prostitute, you will actually, your members will become one with her. I think that's the passage. Um, You know the passage. And I've always dismissed that, because everybody has adolescent experiences in this way. Everybody has all sorts of histories, many of which are forced upon you, where you wish you regret them like crazy. There are all sorts of things in your youth that you just, oh, I can't believe I allowed myself to do that, or I got myself into that situation, or I felt that way about this person or that person or whatever it is. Oh, but you did. It happened. And uh, there's an acute vulnerability in adolescence to sexual relationships. People don't realize that today. Um, but uh, it is a, uh, an acute vulnerability that will come back to haunt you. Especially, and, and like I said, it's this soul that suddenly gets fooled into thinking, this is it. And because of, we're made in such a way, we, we think it already, and then the soul gets parked and it can't move and it has to be cut. And so I said to my uh, 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 advisor, the wise person, I said, well, how does it get cut? And she very brilliantly said, well, I don't fully understand about God. This person is so, is so close to God. I, I feel she's sort of like an emissary from the wizard, wizard and the Wizard of Oz. She, you know, she, she, if you ask her a question, or I've often said the Pythian Oracle in Delphi, if you ask her a question, uh, she'll go back behind the curtain where the Wizard of Oz is, a God, in my opinion, and she'll get an answer. But then you'll say, well, um, uh, but I don't understand that answer. And she'll say, well, I'm sorry, I'm just the messenger. I don't, he's God. I don't understand him either. I mean, I do have a message from him, but I can't tell you the whys or wherefores. I, I, don't, I don't know everything. He knows everything. I only know what he tells me. And I feel that that's when she tells me a thing like this. She was, I said, well, but tell me more. And she said, well, I don't, I don't understand. All I can tell you is that we're talking about a soul tie that is being broken or that has been broken or that requires being broken, cut. That's what I'm saying. And that was the thunderbolt, uh, not the... Um, uh, as to why it happened when it did or why it hasn't happened when it, you want it to happen or who has caused it to happen. And in my case, the cutting has happened. Um, why? I, I can't 
she said, I'm, I'm not God. I'm so glad she said that. But, it, but I can tell you that, that what you're talking about here and that many, many, many people experience and that the Bible illuminates in these two sort of minor league but turns out very important passages about soul ties is the soul tie. And your, your, your soul is tied like a, like a balloon that wants to go up into the sky and gets tethered to a lamppost, you know, or, or a, or, or a um, um, uh, doorknob or, uh, you know, like that, the, the red balloon, the, the wonderful French uh, movie from 1959 about the little boy and his balloons, and they kept, keep getting caught, but finally they, they fly, they fly, fly, fly uh, up into the air, and that's not Gnostic, that's a truth. The soul is independent of the body. Um, at death, becomes independent of the body at death. Even if you take a hard line, it becomes independent of the body for a time, and it certainly is independent of the body prior to birth. And the soul has gotten parked and needs to be needs to be let out of prison here. The, the, the thing has to be cut. And uh, when it's cut, then you can move on. That's why Paula always says, you know, uh, a phase in your life should not be uh, determinative of the entire upshot of your life. A bad period is all, that's what, it is a bad period, but it is not decisive for every period of your life. And that bad period, not to be simply um, uh, uh, brought into unison or some kind of harmony with all the the not-so-bad periods, in this case, it actually has to be cut away, like this uh, sore that I have in the back of my neck that had to be cut away uh, years ago with a lot of involvements. Well, that's what I wanted to say, the soul tie, and I hope it clears up a few things for you. Look very carefully at yourself, especially if you feel you have something that you, some suffering point in your life that you can't really lick. You've licked every one of them, nine out of ten of them, but there's one or two that seem to have a life of their own. Um, Talk to me about it. And um, consider the cutting of the soul tie as an absolutely necessary and requisite gift from God. Thank you very much. If you could read my mind, love, what a tale my thoughts could tell. Just like an old time movie about a ghost from a well, in a castle dark or a fortress strong with chains upon my feet, you know that ghost is me, and I will never be set free as long as I'm a ghost you can't see. If I could read your Burn in a three-way street Into 
number two. A movie queen to play the scene of bringing all the good things out in me. But for now, love, let's be real. I never thought I could act this way, and I've got to say. If you could read my mind, love, what a tale my thoughts could tell. Just like an old-time movie about a ghost from a wishing well in a castle dark or a fortress strong with chains upon my feet. The story always ends. If you. Between the lines, you'll know that I'm just trying to understand the feelings that you lack. I never thought I could feel this way, and I've got to say that I just don't get it. I don't know. 